0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Serving It Up podcast, where I get to know individuals through the three pillars of eat good, look good, and live great. Now, today's guest, he's something called the lyrical chef, you know? He's born in Monterey, grew up in Salinas, San Jose. Now he reps all the way from the Bay. That's as close to a rap that I can get to, by the way. (laughs) And he's a rapper and producer with a unique style and sound that is distinctively chow. Now, combining infectious delivery and playful vocals that meld West Coast hip-hop swag with experimental pop, he tackles Asian stereotypes with playful lyrics including Boba, Dragon Ball Z, ABGs, Hamtaro, you name it. He launched his first uh-huh. album, Simmering, and he recently dropped Silk Road. He goes by the name Chow Main, the homie Chow, a.k.a. Charles, What's up, homie? Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, oh, Six Pack Chef. Thanks for having me on today.
0: Yes, sir. So I got to quickly preface to everybody who's listening is that I relate with you because of food analogies, cultural backgrounds, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. upbringing. We got, we got some mutual friends. And all of that is really why I respect and rock with you. And shout out for always repping you know, Asian Americans as well as the Asian community and everything you do, dude. So Definitely shout out to you exactly. on that yes sir thank you. thank you sir so you already started that so this is really cool so all about hospitality i asked you what's something that we can drink or eat during this podcast so what do you got
1: uh so i got some tea this is called blue mountain oolong i think and it has like ginseng licorice and uh, a few other things but it's really good it has a, a lot of umami can't really i can't really tip this to show you but so maybe I can.
0: can you do it okay <laughs> all right all right well, uh, oh you- it's good though True. I, I had almost the same. I was like, I was like, I'll do my family proud on this one. I've got like green tea, a little goji berries, ginseng, uh, yeah. ginger, but anyways. Yeah, that, that ginseng gives a little kick. Cheers. Dude. Hey, but yeah, man. So how you been? How's everything?
1: Uh, chilling, you know, been working a lot this quarantine. At first, it was kind of slow back when it started back in like March or something. And then I feel like I was forced into just trying to create new types of content in, like, April and, and May and whatnot, so I was bumping out a bunch of, like, freestyle videos and, and whatnot. Um, but really, I was uh, I was spending a lot of time, you know, before Lockdown even finished, uh, finishing up my next project, which is coming out in uh, September, I think. Okay. College, summer. And, um, yeah, uh, I, the album was, like, pretty much done. I was supposed to have a bunch of video shoots this the summer, but they all got, you know, canceled or postponed wow. because, of, because, you know, yeah. it's not safe to have so many people okay um but you know yeah uh music's still there so
0: um we'll we'll, we'll talk to that we'll talk about that in a bit um so all right let's get right into this dude so first things eat good let's talk food Uh, oh yeah we have to talk food because first off how i found you or how i ever got to know about you was a couple years ago i was looking for music with food or related to food Mm-hmm. Simmering came out, tasty, dumplings, moon cakes. Yeah. Those were things that popped up. And for those who are listening, those, yeah. are, those, are not, those are food items, but those are actually names and EPs of Chows. Um so let's let's talk and tell people who might not know where's where's Chow from? Where's Chow main from? What's the name about?
1: Oh, so it, it came from like a lot of different things. I would say the first thing foremost would be that uh, you know Chow is my nickname growing up because my name is Charles, and you know my grandparents, especially my grandma, when she tries to pronounce Charles, she can't. She says like she says like Chow, you know. So um, you know that was that was kind of my nickname, and it again became a nickname when I was in high school because uh, I think the Hangover movie had just come out and people were calling me Mister Chow. Because oh, I, I act stupid like that in high school and shit. Um, and so, actually, when I started rapping, uh, when I was in high school, like, people called me Mr. Chow. And that was kind of, like, the name that I was running with. Um, but then, you know, I think, like, a little later on, I changed it to Chow Main for a few reasons. Uh, you know, I, I think the first thing was, like, when I put out – when I started, I think, trying to seriously release music, so probably my first release in 2017, uh, I wanted to – I wanted to have this theme of like my first project being around my Asian American experience, uh, since that was something I didn't really see that much in the media. And I feel like, you know, my family and my own upbringing had, uh, has its own flavor that I think like other Asian Americans could relate to. So like chow mein was one, it was like a pun, but two, like, I felt like chow mein itself, the, the, the dish is like a distinctly uh Chinese American dish, you know? Um, there there are, you know, there, there's there's definitely like fried noodles in China, but I think what people think of now is like mein is like a, specifically like a Panda Express type dish, yeah. which is like not really, it's not really Chinese, but it's not really American fully. It's a hybrid. So I figured, you know, it was kind of an allegory for when I was putting out that first project and trying to talk about this like duality of identity. It was, uh, that was like, it just worked. <laughs> and yeah, so that was, that's, that's kind of how it started out. Um and now it's just evolved into something past that.
0: That's crazy. I mean, I, I relate with like your name getting changed from like from Charles to Chow and like your grandmother not being able to to pronounce it. Like for me, yeah. my grandparents it's so my name is Wallace, obviously. And then yeah. like, they would be like Wallacey. And then when my yeah. friend would come <laughs> over and they'd be like, Can I call uh, is Wallace out? Can can Wallace come out to play or like can he come out? And then my yeah. and grandparents, they like call from the house and be like, Wallacey. Oh, that's and then then my boys would be like yo Wallacey, the hell is this, <laughs> Who is this? and then it, yeah
1: awesome. yeah my other grandma uh would pronounce it talia because uh oh, okay because uh yeah she because my mom called me charlie um so her mom called me charlia <laughs> yeah
0: so let the people know what's your cultural background
1: uh so ethnically I'm Chinese, my mom's from Shanghai. Uh but my dad's from Vietnam. He's he's like blood Chinese but you know he's part of the wave of uh Chinese Vietnamese people who uh you know fled the Japanese invasion in World War II so they went to Vietnam and they they were in Saigon and uh so um I would say like culturally it's pretty Chinese but like a lot of Vietnamese influence especially on my dad's side of the family, you know, a lot of the food we cook at home is like Vietnamese dishes and Half of our family speaks Vietnamese, uh, just as much as they speak Cantonese. Even though you know, by blood, we're all Chinese. So yeah, that's my background.
0: And that whole background, all all to me, that sounds like is tasty food, delicious yeah, cooking food. Yeah, like
1: definitely, man. Culture-wise, really
0: the, yeah. the cultures of of Vietnam, of South Asia, of Chinese, Shanghai, you've got like the best of all the worlds, dude. Yeah, um, yeah. All worlds, dude. It, it's it's like
1: all bad. different flavor profiles too. You know, like my. Well, my parents are, are divorced, so, you know, my mom doesn't really, uh, cook, you know, Vietnamese style, but she'll cook, like, Shanghani style, which has yeah. a lot of, like, vinegar. Um, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's, like, really sweet and sour, uh, versus...
0: Roll the, the, the wrappers, like, with the stick, Sorry? do you know that? She rolled oh, it. yeah,
1: yeah, 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 wow. yeah, so that, um, yeah, just all the dishes, uh, I don't know the names of half the dishes, you know, there's like some potato ones, eggplant ones and whatnot, but they all have, you know, she kind of uses the same like style for all of them. So it's a lot of vinegar and a lot of like, yeah. uh, yeah. soy sauce and, and sugar, um, versus, you know, um, yeah, you know, my, my, uh, my dad's side, it's a, it's a lot of like Vietnamese influenced cooking. Um, so completely different flavor profiles. Like the sourness doesn't come from vinegar. It comes from like you know, maybe pineapple or like tomato or something, um and then yeah, lime, a lot of lime, uh, and yeah, no, it's 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 awesome being able to be exposed to all these different kinds of I think like Chinese style cooking, because yeah. um, there's so much like people think Chinese food is a monolith, but it really is like hundreds and hundreds of different styles.
0: For sure. Now I wanted to talk to you about. For me, I've always put it where food and music go hand in hand, right? I feel mm-hmm. like they go hand in hand. They're like two universal languages that no matter where you're from, what culture, whatever, you can't speak or whatever, you still understand music and you can still understand food. Right. And you do that with your music. And something that you always talk about is that I like how you treat your music like food. So you treat it like a dish where your flavors are, you know, sometimes sweet, sometimes bitter. Um, But there's one thing that's always happening is they're always tasty so yeah, tasty. talk about that boy what is tasty let's so well tasty started because
1: uh, well when I was first uh starting to put on my music maybe like 2017 and I I, I had just like started social media or whatever it was on Instagram um I would just cook at home every day for fun and I would just like film myself cooking and you well, know on off chance I
0: huh what's up you alive? a lot. For those who are watching, like, oh you Chow, you're gonna get way more you're gonna think you're following like a food account versus like a rapper.
1: <laughs> yeah, well I haven't been doing it as much recently because I've been pretty busy with the music stuff, but I'm gonna get yeah. back onto it. But yeah, no, I would I would cook just like random stuff and at the end I would take a bite and I think I just said like tasty, like off off top one time, and like hella people just started replying to the story, like repeating tasty. So I was like, Oh, I guess this is a thing now. Um so I kept kind of doing it and that kind of movement started growing and uh, eventually i decided you know uh, i'll just make a song out of it um so the song tasty actually i have a music video for that coming out um july 24th or something like that um but uh when i started putting that song together i decided you know like this phrase and this like term has become like such an integral i think part of uh, my brand and kind of identity as someone who likes to blend food and music Mm that um uh you know, the song itself wasn't, I wanted it to be a little personal too, as well as fun. So, um, you know, they really bouncy, it's catchy, but at the same time, like you listen to the verses, I'm, I'm trying to talk a little bit more about my my experience growing up too and some real shit that happened to me. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like, yeah, that that song was like the apex of the Simmering Project and the whole concept of the Simmering Project was to, you know, present music in a form of like a food, uh, of, of a, you know, multi-course meal.
0: Yeah, you, know, you talk about that a lot of times. And I was actually just, that's the next thing I was to say. I was like, you always tell people, whether it's like interviews or in person or whatever, that you treat an album like you would treat, like a chef would treat a tasting menu or a, a multi-course menu, where for us as chefs, we try to create a story. We try to create yeah. a story and like, you know, make you go through different emotions, through different courses and stuff. And you build your albums and your releases like that. Like you don't yeah. straight up peer hard and then suddenly yeah. off and.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say like all of them are going to continue being like that because this next project isn't really framed in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, you know, Mooncakes the EP was food centric. Well, not complete, not as food centric, but you know, it had themes here and there because it's all mooncakes and dumplings or whatever. Uh, simmering itself was definitely like. I think it just made sense to present it that way because um, that was like a collection of, you know, different songs I had been working on that last year and all these songs sounded so different that, uh, you know, it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't like one whole vibe. You couldn't listen to the whole album and expect every song to be the same, you know? So it just made sense to frame it in that sense where, you know, uh, I kind of gave you an appetizer. I gave you some sweet, something sour, something bitter some stuff that's more fun some stuff that's more like serious uh and you know a little mixture of things and uh, yeah <laughs> the flavors is yeah. just like yeah.
0: i think that's why simmering was very easy to listen to yeah like it wasn't just go you could like listen to it for various things so it was, yeah, yeah that was dope i, I dig that and um, so let's quickly talk about you are from technically cali
1: mm-hmm. cali right yeah. right
0: ali food scene is insane yeah,
1: it's so diverse out here. And I didn't learn to appreciate it until, you know, uh, visiting other states and seeing how how not up to par a lot of the, uh, you know, non American cuisines are. Especially um, with like, Asian food. Yeah, definitely. Well, when I grew up in Salinas, there was, you know, there was Asian food, but it still wasn't on par as with like uh, the main Bay Area or like LA or 626, whatnot but we did have a lot of really good Mexican food. Um, and so I think that was a difference, you know, even between growing up between Salinas and San Jose, which are about an hour apart, maybe 60, 65 miles. Uh, San Jose is a much bigger city. Salinas is more like agricultural. Okay. Um, so we had a lot of, you know, good traditional American food and uh, good Mexican food in, in Salinas, uh, but when I went to, up to San Jose, you know, we had that, but we also had amazing uh, Vietnamese food, um, Taiwanese food a uh, little section where there's good Korean food. Um and yeah definitely definitely a lot of good Asian foods and, and you know other other cultures as well. Uh but yeah it's it's just a blessing I guess to be here and you know have such ease of access to all these tasty foods.
0: It's like you guys are like a food trend mecca. You guys like start a lot of the food trends that go to like say New York and then the rest of the world and then up here up, up to north here. Um, definitely and especially because, like, you do a lot of shows and stuff at festivals, like our boy, uh, Thai when, when we mm-hmm. do, like, Asians Never Die, the 626 Market, all that kind of stuff. What are some food trends or food things that you've seen at these places or that you've been around that you hate? Yeah.
1: I think, well, the, the festivals that I performed at are pretty fun because those festivals, they have uh, – they come up with some pretty interesting food concepts, you know. And And the cool thing is, like, being – at those festivals all day and you know kicking it with vendors people are always like coming over and bringing offering like dishes and you know i got kind of get to try different things um i will say that uh it is definitely more like street food that you find there um and a lot of times street food is delicious you know a, a lot of stuff from like taiwan night markets you'll see there like uh, the big squids on the on the what's it called um the chicken uh off top i'm remembering one of the Probably the two my two favorite things off these uh, night markets have been one, the the chicken skins.
0: Yep. Um and yeah, and that, chicken skins, that. You're yeah. Chicken skins with, yeah, for sure.
1: With the uh what's it called? What do they put on there? Like the Thai basil and um Oh you have the, the top, top of the, the, top top the and Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's bomb. Uh also this place had really good like berry like grilled cheese. Oh, um, yeah you know instead of the taco the taco is bomb too but you know you dip it in the soup and you eat it As uh, the side it's pretty fire but uh <laughs> yeah um I, I do really enjoy those those events and uh, i hope like once this whole pandemic uh is you know not as not as intense um those will return
0: 100 <laughs> like for real uh when like when we went the first time we went to the six to six nine market i was always still blown away at the amount of like unicorn drinks and corn and definitely
1: like a lot of those they make it so that it'll look cool for Instagram, you know.
0: Yeah, no, without naming names, they are not that good. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> yeah, not that good, man. We're
1: just more aesthetically pleasing than, than taste, all right. but
0: yeah. All right, ciao. I'm gonna bring you on to a segment that I like to call "in the weeds." So you're a restaurant guy, so you you don't understand the terms "in the weeds." Um, so <laughs> we slam packs, services coming in, all the chips so we're going to do a little rapid fire, cool? and you simply just give me right. Right. All right. All right,
1: let's go. All right,
0: let's do this. Dim sum or pho?
1: Again, what? Dim what? Oh, sum dim sum or pho? pho? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Uh, dim sum.
0: Ooh. Instant noodle or ramen?
1: Uh, ramen.
0: Tendon or sea cucumber? Tendon. Boba or soju? Boba. Kakao or siu mai? Uh,
1: f- Sumai.
0: Fresh rolls or the fried spring rolls?
1: Uh fresh rolls.
0: Three shots of penny or one cup of traditional Chinese medicine?
1: Oh, oh, oh uh, Chinese medicine. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. uh, Sweet. Dig. Alright, man. Alright, let's talk about let's talk about look good, dude. Let's talk about aesthetics, health, lifestyle, okay. that kind of stuff. So as, as a musician, as an artist, it's important mm-hmm. to be diverse, to constantly be, you know, leading trends versus following trends. And right. you're no stranger to that. Anybody that follows you knows that you're not the typical guy when it comes to style or when it comes to look. Even your music right. talks about that, too. So, you know, Crocs, the different types of hair, <laughs> um, tie-dye, um, the big jade Buddha. You rocking the Buddha j- chain right now?
1: I think I am, I am. right here. Oh, There's it's
0: all that kind of stuff, like where's the inspiration come from there? or do you have a stylist, or was this something? Oh no, had- I
1: mean, I just I just want to express myself in my own way and be me, you know, um so i I haven't really you know dug too deep or thought about this too much. I just kind of buy things I like, you know, I like colors. I'm a colorful person. um so you know, I really like primary colors. I wear those a lot. um and I, I feel like my style changes like over time too, you know i I really i first hopped on like crocs and Skechers like a few years ago because everyone was making fun of them i was like you know these aren't that bad like i kind of like them they're comfortable I
0: hate them, man. Then,
1: yeah bro and then like they started popping off actually low-key uh this like last year maybe two years um
0: the Skechers or the
1: uh crocs uh Skechers a little bit too i feel like Skechers like has some changes in their design department but i, I definitely see like does all the knockoffs of every popular shoe you know they have their own designs on them which are which are kind of funny um so it's like uh yeah there's that you know i try to you know be colorful get stuff that i like get stuff that uh represents me and my culture and um who i am as a person you know so um yeah (laughs) that's
0: crocs do you have
1: oh i have too many i I probably have oh yeah i have like six or seven
0: (laughs) dude i hate crocs when they first came out because like that's what kitchen chefs would wear
1: oh yeah that's what y'all had to wear i i uh i just you know at the time i was looking for slippers it was either crocs or nikes uh like slides and okay. i just saw the crocs first so i was like okay you know
0: you have the ones where you can like design them on the front
1: oh i don't i don't have pins for them i'm not i'm not that deep in i just okay, have...
0: <laughs> i was like ciao we gotta we're to talk about that don't get that far
1: um, I, saw, I saw these uh, Gucci Crocs. Gucci and Crocs made a collab, and it's super like blinged out and shit.
0: I feel like you would rock those. You would get those. You would get I them probably, for a photo shoot and then bring it back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro, I've done that. I've done that for several shoots. My 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 shoot, the ABG song, um, like when did we shoot? we shot that like two years ago, I'm wearing that Versace robe for that scene. Yeah. Or, you know, at the Versace store, you can't actually return. So what we did was we found a loophole if you order online you can return uh, so we ordered we ordered that robe online just so that we could return it after is
0: it, what is it, the red one
1: yeah the red one
0: how much was that like uh,
1: i forget like eight nine hundred
0: have just kept it
1: i should have just kept it um but you know like when am i gonna walk around in a bathrobe bro <laughs>
0: Whatever you want.
1: I guess. Honestly, it wasn't that comfortable. It, it oh, was. Really? It was, like, it was nice, but it was, like, a rough towel. Oh. Yeah.
0: No good. If it was, like, really
1: silky, you know, I, I would wear that shit all the time.
0: I feel you. All right, let's talk about now, I think, especially for you being in Cali and L.A. and all that, especially with such a big, giant cultural scene, whether it's Asian, whether it's music, there's, like... Mm-hmm. I guess like four fashion statements that happen that are pretty common, right? So you've got like your sort of, you overseas, um, the hype beasts, all they care about is just the retail price, all the brands. Um, yep. You've got your Kevin Nguyen's, you know, you've got your Kevin yeah. Nguyen's You've got
1: guestie with the Supreme bag and the dangly exactly. earring. That's exactly. the Kevin uniform.
0: you got your, um, you got your ABGs.
1: Yeah.
0: Your ABGs. And then you got your corporate swag. You've got your yeah. Corporate swag. Yeah. So like, I was, I wanted to just ask you is like, are there any likes or dislikes of any of these or which one do you be like, I got to like slow down or. You're like, yeah.
1: I mean, I it. think I, I like to take elements of each, you know, uh, definitely I have some hype clothes, but I, I don't like to just buy something because of the hype. You know, um, there's stuff that I have from like hype brands that just were not like hyped sales or not like, um, you know, stuff that people were going crazy for, but I thought they were cool. Um, and I think that yeah, it's a a combination of things definitely I feel like people put other people in boxes or themselves in boxes based on like different styles of fashion but I think like you know there's such a wide uh, array of like what you can be and what you you know how how you can express yourself that you don't need to be confined to these certain boxes Um, and definitely I I think there's people that do both Uh, like you know I have some friends who Uh, went on to work in like tech and you know they're more like the corporate uniform and whatnot but they'll still wear you know some you know they'll rock some supreme or whatever (laughs) with their with their tech money um
0: their tech money
1: yeah and then i don't know bro it's i i feel like right now there's there's so much more than those four and people are just out here combining different styles and like the industry is is growing and faster than ever with like social media and like ease of entry to you know local brands doing all this stuff and creating cool new designs and concepts that there's like it's like music bro uh it's it's ever changing and melting together into 100%.
0: do yeah. do you ever get hate or do you people ever go to you and be like you know your your music's great but i don't have your style or vice versa or any like that
1: yeah i mean um like online for sure uh i would say like in person yeah I, I, people always act like different in person you know like even if somebody doesn't fuck with my music they'll still like show fake love and stuff <laughs> and be like uh you know some back back like before lockdown happened sometimes I'll go out and people recognize me at like the mall or something in San Jose or like something else and people want to come up and take pictures and then uh you know I'll uh, they'll tag me and stuff and I'll see like oh shit they're not like following me or nothing or like <laughs> not I actually like um, fucking with the music like that but it's cool it is what it is you know and uh, i'm still i feel like grateful in the first place to even be able to you know reach uh an audience like further than what i than, than just people that you know already resonate you know what i mean because that means that means like the message is spreading out there too further than like what you can actually see um in terms of just like numbers and stats and whatever on the internet which is like you know what traditionally you know uh, managers and labels and whatever are looking at um so it's cool it's cool seeing that impact and you know <laughs> it's a sign of success
0: wait all right dude um we're gonna get into now the next set of rapid questions so it's called reps and sets dude so
1: reps and sets
0: all that's right. you ready it's gonna be, okay. this gonna be a little shorter one because it's pretty easy though all right Gucci belt and a side bag, or off whites and Balenciagas?
1: Oh, uh, Gucci belt and a what? Side bag. Um, I'll I'll go with the off whites and Balenciagas.
0: The Asian SWAT mask or the arm sleeves for driving?
1: <laughs> I, I just gotta say the arm sleeve because I'm from San Jose, ah. <laughs> and that's, that's like that's like the code here. I mean, I wouldn't personally rock one, but, you know, that's just, like, I feel like it's the culture to my city.
0: Yeah. This one, I already know the answer, but I got it. Shoes in the house or no?
1: No. Oh, fuck no. I will
0: get off the podcast.
1: Unless they're house slippers, though, I guess. If it's, like, you know, if you have hardwood floors everywhere and it's cold, you know, then the house slippers are acceptable.
0: live in Cali. There is no cold over
1: there. Hey, bro, San Francisco gets pretty cold.
0: All right. But anyway... All right, let's get into Live Great, dude. Let's talk about let's talk about you, your upbringing, sort of as a brand um, and everything. So your story is very similar to mine, where mm-hmm. we have some common things, such as like you know obviously immigrant parents, besides cultural background, Chinese, all that stuff, food. But your grandparents came over and then they worked in a restaurant, mm-hmm. they worked in restaurants, and, yep. and they did that for like ten years, and then they finally opened up their own restaurant.
1: Right, right. And it was crazy how that happened, too, because, sorry?
0: It was New Tokyo, right? It was like a Japanese podcast. Yeah,
1: New Tokyo. So so my grandparents came over uh, with my dad and two aunts and uncles, so them and four kids, uh, as refugees <clears throat> after the Vietnam War. And so they they were sponsored by this Catholic church out in Monterey. That's how they randomly ended up in Monterey, out of all places. Uh, so, you know, they were like kind of the only Asian people there. Um, they didn't speak any English. Uh, and so they eventually found a job in Marina working at this, uh, working at this Japanese restaurant. Um, and what happened was, uh, my, my grandpa was like dishwasher. My grandma was like a waitress, um, or I think bus girl, because she actually couldn't take orders. Um, and like, eventually like one winter or something i don't know the head chef like wanted to go on vacation so he went on vacation they're like all right fuck it you know they told my grandpa you're gonna cook <laughs> so like he became you know they trained him on how to make japanese food and he just you know i guess became a chef instead of a dishwasher um and he did that for like 10 years under uh Michi. Michi was uh, the guy who who helped put everybody on his japanese guy um, and so they got really good at making Japanese food and eventually they started their own restaurant after 10 years of, uh, working there called New Tokyo. Um, and yeah, they, they had that for a while. I think they sold it when I was in high school. Okay. Um, but when I was growing up, I used to go there after school and help out cause it was just like a family affair. Everybody just worked there. So yeah,
0: exactly. you know. the, it's why I was like, there's so much about it that connects with it because I spent like, like my grand, my family worked in like the, the food industry as well yeah and my dad tried to open up a restaurant so I grew up freaking on my weekends rolling like egg rolls and like takeout boxes and all that so stuff that you you are you get at the same time yeah and so with that being said you've got this pretty we're very similar in regards to all a lot of the Asian immigrant lifestyle etc yeah. but you ended up did, you ended up going to UC Berkeley
1: yeah yeah
0: what'd you go to UC Berkeley for
1: uh, so I studied political economy. That's, it's like, uh, the structure of how our, our, you know, uh, political systems are put in place and how that affects like, uh, I schools, like economic thought. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then and my, my, my focus, my concentration, that was the Chinese economy. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I spent like a year in classes, like focusing on like the Chinese economy and, you know, thinking okay. about differences between, you know, uh, yeah, I guess American capitalism and Chinese state-influenced capitalism.
0: <laughs> now, I was going to bring that up because then it's like, okay, so from high school, family upbringing, of restaurants, go to UC Berkeley, you do your, you know, economics and all that. Then yeah. you don't use that and you become a rapper, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Cool. So where does that come from? Does your family, like, how does your family feel about, you know, you, know, you rapping being a rapper
1: I, mean, I, I was I was doing it while I was working at the same time um and they're fine with it as long as you know I'm making my money um and now I'm at a point or I was at a point where you know I was making enough off of just music alone so I stopped working um it's been a little slower now that there's no shows uh that it, you know it's, it's pandemic season um but I'm just taking this time to focus on my craft and whatnot but yeah no it was an interesting journey you know I, I think like when I first went into to school, my parents wanted me to do, like, computer science or, like, uh, law or something, something that was, like, you know, traditionally lucrative. But me, I was just never good at, like, math. Uh, I even tried, like, normal econ at first, but I was just terrible at, uh, like, the graphs and, and all quantitative stuff. Um, so that's kind of why one of the reasons I also shifted over, because I, I did think it was, like, interesting learning a little bit more about how the world and, you know, kind of the systems in place worked. Um, but I was always more of a writer and a creative writer than uh, someone who was able to, I think, tackle hard numbers. Um, and so that ended up just being where I went into. And when I graduated, um, you know, I worked for a bit and I was just making music at home. I was living with my dad at the time. So I was just at my dad's house, I got like a $100 mic, a $200 interface, like a pretty cheap setup relatively. Um, and was just like putting stuff on SoundCloud, <laughs> whatever. Uh, until until she just, like, kind of started popping off, and, you know, here I am.
0: Do they, does your family listen to your music?
1: Uh, I think, well, I don't know. Some of them do. You know, I have a, I have a lot of little cousins <laughs> who do. Um, Is there my, any, like,
0: awkwardness or anything like that based on... I don't know
1: it, it is kind of weird when they talk about male music sometimes but you know it's, it's never like to in depth I know my like my aunt always comments on all my YouTube videos and stuff no. <laughs> yeah and then like uh you know everyone has like different opinions too and my mom she's more like uh she doesn't really know much about American music and right. she he's framing it through like Chinese music she was, so she's just like oh I think you you need to like uh wear makeup I think you need to like get your hair more like uh, like uh-huh. a bar I think you need to like dance I think, like all this stuff like, is more like low the yeah <laughs> yeah and then um you know it's uh yeah it's it's all this uh, yeah it's cool though you know everyone has their opinions and you know <laughs> i'm i'm just telling my own story
0: got you so next thing i want to talk about is we, we sort of mentioned earlier was abg asian baby girls they right. that's also your ep now this was 2017, this was when you popped off. This popped off and got viral yeah. on YouTube. Now, you mentioned it to me before that it was like a double, double-edged sword.
1: Yeah, okay, so ABG was a song that I had originally written as a joke in like 2015 when I was in school.
0: Which by the way, uh, fire. It is so, it's, <laughs> like, it's one of those where you just listen, you're like, I, I get every single thing here. I understand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it, it, it's the ABG phenomenon is weird because I mean, it's been a term since like we were kids, but I feel like it's changed in meaning and context in the last like, maybe like five years or like 10 years or something where it's not, it's not so negative no more. You have like, I talk about this on Silk Road too. I said it's weird that these girls are calling themselves ABGs, um, <laughs> you know, because, because like you wear lashes, you go to raves, whatever. When back in the day it was like so different on what the meaning was. Um, and uh so yeah i mean it was like when i put that song out originally like on my soundcloud before anybody even heard it in like 2015 it was me and this rapper k sung from uh from la okay. uh the korean okay. dude and so we we were just um i think we were like we were just really high and we were making music one night and he was like Hey, it would be funny if we made a song about like abgs <laughs> because like it was just like something that we were seeing a lot and so we wrote that song uh put it up and then it went like like I feel like underground viral or something, at like a few of like the Asian frats in, uh, in like Berkeley and USC, UCLA, and like, you know, around California. Um, and just like it's a joke song, you know, cause it wasn't properly mixed and mastered or nothing. It was just like us fucking around on like a, a laptop mic. Um, and then, so when I started putting together the Mooncakes project in 2017, I was going through some of the old songs I had. So Dumplings was one of them, ABG was another one. And then I was working with Jordan Garrett uh, who goes by Jigla Frost now. And he was saying like, bro, this is, this one's a hit. Like, let's, let's, let's do something. Let's make it better. Um, And so I hit up K-Sung again to see if he wanted to hop on the song, but he stopped rapping you know, he started working. I think he's like an investment banker or something
0: now.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, so so I was like, fuck it. You know, I'll just, I'll I'll do the other verse. Uh, So I did two verses for the song. Um, And then I think originally, actually, I hit up uh, Dave Steezy from HBK Gang. Okay. uh To hop on the song too, and he he did drop a verse, but it just wasn't as like relevant that as as I thought it would be, or as I thought it could be. So, you know, the original verse was that like the second verse, the been barred out since San Diego, geeked up in San Jose, yeah. um, and then that was the one around 2015, 2017 when I decided to just write the other verse. I, I made it more descriptive and just like talked about like all black when you go out, brown hair turned blonde now, all that uh and yeah we put the song together it came out on the mixtape or the ep whatever and then like a few months later uh i met somebody on set of another music video for dumplings uh sam lee and he heard the song he's like bro let me let me give you money and let me direct it and i'll make i'll make a legendary video and that's that's how the abg video came about
0: which was legendary literally yeah <laughs> it's like an anthem it's it's i love it it's so fun it, it yeah. so reminds me of like um like The a, a Hangover or um, any of those kind of party videos.
1: Um, yeah, and that that video took a lot of ideation to get to that point. We we ran through so many uh, concepts. Like originally, so originally what we were going to do for the video was it was going to be like a, a following a girl. It, it was going to be a story where there was a girl who's who's a main character and she was, you know, at the beginning was going to be her getting out of bed, getting ready, like doing all the A B D stuff. And then like, there'd be a twist where it turns out like she's like an assassin or some shit. And then like, it, it turned into like an action movie and whatnot. Um, and that was like our original script and everything. Uh, and then I think like what ended up happening was like when we found the location that we eventually settled on for that video, which was that mansion, we decided to just scrap everything in the past and just do everything in that mansion because it was it was so much more uh, efficient. I think <laughs> like all, all those rooms you saw, so the gym, the movie theater, the the patio villa whatever all that was in the same house so we were actually able to shoot that whole thing in like a day instead of having like this whole like short film type of shoot um, and yeah it came out the way it did and you know we were pretty happy with it
0: that's great that's great uh, next thing I want to talk about is do you because of how you portray yourself in regards to your style the the things you talk about um, representing the Asian community and all that stuff do you ever get hate in regards to mm-hmm. what going it's like for us a lot of times i think it's not as bad now but more people being like why are you trying to be black or why are you oh like, I see. you
1: know yeah i mean i feel like i i haven't gotten that much because i feel like my music i've always tried to be completely authentic to being asian and talking about that and i am definitely doing it Through a black art form in hip hop, and I'm very grateful that I'm allowed in this space. Um, I would say that the only, I think, like negative experience in that term have been, you know, like uh, I did a show in Santa Cruz. I I think I talked about this in another interview once. I did a show in Santa Cruz like two years ago uh, at Catalyst. Uh, It was like a college show for UC Santa Cruz. And these white kids came to the show and they brought like calculators, and they came up to the front. They're trying to toss the calculators on stage. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I wasn't tripping. Cause I was like, damn, you guys paid tickets. <laughs> so I'm getting paid for you to come in and <laughs> toss these calculators. So it was cool. Um, and you know, there's like other times where it's just like, um, definitely like, uh, I'll show up to shows and then, you know, the guys working there are like, Oh, you're you, like sound engineering tonight. Or are you like, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm, I'm performing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of like outright hate like that, um, I, I haven't encountered too much uh fortunately which is good good yeah
0: yeah it's that I feel like a lot of whether it's any especially when it comes to hip-hop anybody that's not from that's not not maybe not black they'll you they'll get that hate sometimes you know
1: well I think like also I've been like fortunate enough to come up in a diverse area like the Bay Area where it's pretty common to see like A lot of people from different backgrounds coming together and uh doing things you know we're i feel like we're not as segmented in that like our friend groups that you see a lot here aren't just all one race clicking together um and a lot of people in the music industry that i'm working with come from all kinds of different backgrounds and definitely a lot of artists you know i see a lot of other asian rappers as well a lot of uh, non-traditional rappers who are like talking about you know uh like their own lives and unique stuff and some some people even talking about like you know some sci-fi stuff like upper consciousness whatever there's like so much you can do with music you know and different ways you can express yourself that it's it's just cool to see uh yeah how how cultures collide and whatnot
0: super it's really really cool i remember we were talking about ty when we were at the 626 yeah driving he just he would be showcasing me all these west coast uh asian rappers and all these guys. And I was like, yo, music's yeah,
1: cool. even the Asian rappers, man, there's like some, there's so many different, uh, backgrounds that people come from, you know? And I know like California, we have a lot of like gang bangers and a lot of like gangbanging Asians. Uh, so they have their own like niche too, you know, um, who, who have stuff that's like more true to them and true to how they came up. Um, but at the same time you have people like me who come from like different backgrounds as well. When I'm, I'm not trying to be something I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm talking about my own experiences, uh, as well, and yeah, it's, it's cool seeing. I think every spectrum. Like, I even know a guy uh, down in LA who, you know, he works he works in finance as well. But he's like a really talented uh, singer and rapper. So you know, he he talks about his like day job and stuff. You know, in in his music, which is like you know traditionally something that you would think is uncool, but you know, he pulls it off, um, and it sounds good.
0: <laughs> I feel you. I think it's cool. Um, so our parents, all our parents, especially immigrants, they come over um you know to to live that american dream right to live yeah. the american dream so what's what's your american dream dude like what's what's the goal for you and what are you looking at in regards to life dude
1: mm, you know this is something that i've been trying to figure out a lot as well during during these last few months of uh solitude <laughs> and lockdown uh i think definitely music has always been a form of expression to me and it's something that you know i don't think i'll ever stop doing um and you know ultimately yeah my goal would be to uh have my music hit a lot more people and have a much wider reach and it'd be awesome to you know help my mama buy a house and help you know put on the rest of my family um through stuff i'm doing through music uh and i think like at the end of the day what i want to do is you know help my own family and also help my own community um the people that came up around me and where I grew up in um and and that's kind of also like one of the goals of sorry the uh South Bay Summer Project uh what what I thought going into it was like I feel like there's so much talent out in San Jose just in the local scene and such also such like a unique culture not even like in California or within the Bay Area but like that city in particular of San Jose has like such a niche blend of uh, Asian subcultures, Hispanic subcultures, white subcultures. And, and like, yeah, I feel like, you know, of course I'm, I'm more like invested in the Asian one because that's just where I am. But like, yeah, I I feel like the Asians there act different from Asian people like in any other city. So I kind of wanted to put on for, for that community and um, you know, talk a little bit about that and if I can do that through music then that's (laughs) that's 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 the best way I know how
0: is there like a show or a concert or a country that would be maybe like the place you want to perform at like hands down oh
1: man uh well it would definitely be awesome to perform at something like Coachella (laughs) or Lollapalooza um but I think eventually I also do want to go into China. I, I think the Chinese market would be awesome to tap into. I just need to brush up on my Chinese, which has been something that- How cool is
0: your Chinese? Like Cantonese, Mandarin?
1: Yeah, my Chinese is pretty elementary, <laughs> both, in both. You know, My mom spoke Mandarin to me growing up, my dad spoke Cantonese, so um, I have like a five-year-old, probably comprehension level.
0: <laughs> which one would you rather perfect first?
1: Um, I feel like I would rather perfect Cantonese, right now just because like where where i am most of my chinese speaking friends all speak cantonese so you know it just it would make more sense and able to just be able to talk to my friends um but in terms of yeah i think mandarin is definitely i think i guess more widely uh applicable since you know it's it's the main language in china and that's like you know but yeah that's that's just me though
0: i feel you me too same thing i yeah. i i wish i could speak better mandarin like my mandarin's okay like i have yeah. i always tell people whenever someone asks them, i'm like yeah. but i can say that's so smooth that they <laughs> can say the rest smooth and then they yeah. like bombard me with just regular mandarin and I'm, like, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: like yeah yeah oh, yeah that always happens yeah
0: sorry i can't and then i go back to english but <laughs> um what I, wanted, what I wanted to ask next was we're going to go into rapid fire yolo it's going to call okay. yolo okay so we're gonna get right into it. Dumbfounded or Jin?
1: Uh, uh, oh, I I guess dumbfounded.
0: Ooh, Blackpink or BTS? Uh, Blackpink. Wayne or Fab? Wayne. Biggie or Nas? Uh, Nas. Jackie Chan or Jet Li? <sighs> Jackie Chan. Ah, uh, okay. All right, so I'm gonna now do something. Is I'm gonna share my screen, dude, and we're gonna go into some. We're gonna go into social hour. So I'm gonna dig into a little bit of your socials, a little bit of stuff, and we'll get some behind stories about it. Cool. Okay. Sure. All right, let's do this. Share the screen. All right. Yeah.
1: You found out. yeah. This was a. Uh... This was when I graduated, man. This was 2016.
0: Even you're when, right? when you're graduating, you still got like this swag, this like this <laughs> like
1: huh. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that was uh that was a fun time.
0: Was you, yeah, how, hmm?
1: yeah, this was a fun time. Um That was the end of four years at that school, man. And that definitely I learned a lot over there. So this was a <laughs> this was a great experience.
0: Well, wow your parents should have been like, must be really proud for that. Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, my mom was definitely always the one that pushed me to go to, uh, you know, a good university. My dad really wanted me to just go to uh, like a uh, Monterey college because he didn't want to pay tuition. Um, so there was like that kind of struggle going out too, like between what the two of them wanted. Um, but you know, I'm glad things turned out the way it did because I think I learned a lot more here than, you know, I, I did back home and, um, you know, luckily I had financial aid to help.
0: <laughs> all right. We're going to go in the next one. So. Sure. All right, dude. You've got a. for people who don't know, you have a cooking channel on your YouTube.
1: Yeah. This is something my um, I was, I've been doing like on and off. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to do it again. I actually just put one up today. Yes, uh, pho um yeah for for a little bit i did want to put out uh like a regular cooking series but i think it just uh, i I guess i wasn't consistent enough with it (laughs) it's kind of hard balancing that with like music and and like all these other all this other type of content as well
0: what's harder shooting a cooking video or shooting a music video
1: i think a music video is definitely a lot more work like the the cooking videos is like you know a few hours in an afternoon um, and yeah, <laughs> I think music video definitely has, has a lot more, more work put in.
0: Uh, okay. And all the recipes that you're doing, these are all just straight off from you.
1: Yeah. This is stuff I made up. I, I don't really follow recipes that well, but you know, in these newer ones, uh, this pho one I just put out that, that was a uh, Gracie's recipe that she had put together. So that one wasn't my recipe because I, I didn't know how to make pho. This chow mein recipe was... Mostly just me tossing the stuff together.
0: <laughs> and then you've got your, you got your second one, which is uh, the red braised pork belly.
1: Oh, yeah. So this one I kind of got from my mom, and I made my own variation on it.
0: That one was good. This one looked hella tasty.
1: This one I did. Wow, was this in March? This was last March. Wow, this, okay. feels, this feels like forever ago. This is before I moved into this spot. That was my old apartment in East Oakland.
0: All right, next one, dude. Who is this little
1: dude? Oh, yeah. That was me in my, uh, in Seaside, in my, um, my grandma's house.
0: Damn, <laughs> on this one. I think, I think, can I see? Is that like a, I, is that a cigarette?
1: It's or a lollipop. I think my mom tried to pierce my ears that night. <laughs> I distinctly remember that because it was like painful and I was like, no, like, don't do it. That shit hurts. So she didn't pierce it. I'm
0: trying to try to zoom into
1: this. I don't know if there's a mark or something. I don't think so. Oh, maybe not. But yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was my uh, that was my costume that year. I don't remember how old I was, but I was a little kid.
0: Hold on, that was a costume, for real.
1: Yeah, that was my Halloween costume.
0: I actually thought you were just playing with the caption. You're like pretending it was. Oh Halloween.
1: no, no, that was my Halloween costume. I went around the neighborhood like that.
0: Ah, uh, what are those shoes? Those shoes. Yeah, like, wow. I wish I had that drip still. <laughs> totally could. You totally could pull it off. Yeah. All right, next one, dude this one specifically oh, yeah. painting yeah. Oh. <laughs> let's talk about painting like you, you do a little bit of it you've been posting quite a lot about painting and art and stuff like so is that like something you about or yeah
1: i mean i'm just fucking around for fun you know this was uh honestly dude we were on, we were on i was on a good amount of acid when i did this
0: <laughs> the best most amount of creativity you know
1: yeah but um you know this was it, it's it, it kind of is something you know it, it's like a school of koi fish on top and on the bottom is also it, it's like a, a a mountain valley and there's like a little blue lake down there in the middle and that oh. that school of koi fish on top is supposed to be inside that that little lake that's is this the, a, that's is this
0: an aerial is this like a top down or, or?
1: <laughs> well the the top half is the top down and the bottom half is the whole whole shebang
0: so this is this part right here
1: yeah that is, is is inside down there that little that little blue patch oh to the right to the right uh uh down down to the left <laughs> all right anyways here anyway, yeah that okay. little patch that's the lake that's a lake in the mountain range and if you see this uh this Painting up there, this Chinese painting of of the mountains, is kind of is kind of inspired by that.
0: Okay, I mean, when if this hits millions of dollars, dude, I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I, lost,
1: I can tell. I lost that piece can, already.
0: <laughs> what? I lost that piece already, dude.
1: I think I lost it that day, bro.
0: You could have been I the remember. next Banksy, man.
1: Yeah, somebody stole it. They knew it was too valuable. <sighs>
0: I was going to be like, I would have known the description and I would have been able to curate it all. All Last one, last one. Just this one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My, uh, my mom and my grandma went to Mongolia like last year. Um, that's my mom on the left and my grandma and you know, they can't travel anymore because of what's going on. But, uh, I didn't go with them. It looked like a lot of fun though.
0: Mm hmm. And that looks cool. It looks super cool. And I brought it up cause like family's so important. Family's so important. We talk about it and Definitely. it's, it's cool. Cause you, you mentioned your mom and dad a lot and your family and everything. So, sure. all right, dude, let's get ooh, back into you still there.
1: Yeah, I'm here. You see me?
0: Yeah, cool. Um, now last thing I wanted to talk about is you have punchlines, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. you have punchlines in your songs. They're not they're not like they're smooth, but you'll come with like that final combo L one R one square triangle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I
1: think yeah, so that just came L1 with was like, how I started rapping. You know, like uh, I, I listened to a lot of punchline rap when I was when I was starting to rap. When I was in like middle school and high school, I listened to like a lot of Wayne and Fab and like Lo's and like. Gambino and whatnot and uh you know all the yeah th- these were guys that kind of I- I've emulated especially Wayne dude like when when I when I was starting getting into hip-hop um well when I was started getting into hip-hop you know my uncle put me on to a lot of like West Coast stuff uh he listened to a lot of like pimp music uh oh, Too Short and Snoop Dogg and I was like cool you know like I was I, I like I liked it but it didn't like inspire me in the same way until, you know, I started getting into like more punchline rap. And I was like, now nah, that shit is like funny. <laughs> and that was like kind of what I wanted to do. And so I started out like writing in that style uh, when I started writing. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that's just something that's, I think my style has definitely evolved over time, but that's something that has always like kind of stayed like I'll try to, if I, if I can't figure out if I'm trying to tell a story or if I'm trying to like say something and I can't figure out what to put in the next line, I'll throw in a punchline instead. <laughs>
0: True. So I want to bring that up because you've got some really good ones, and I'm gonna read them out. I'm gonna read. Awesome. Oh, so good. Um, here I'm gonna try something different. I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe say half and see if you can finish the other half.
1: Alright, sure. I'll see if I remember.
0: She's Taiwanese, but she drink like she's Korean. <laughs> right. uh, I'm stunning like Jack Ma.
1: Oh, my chain from Alibaba.
0: Hey. A mooncake, red bean in the bread roll. Uh.
1: Fuck. What's <laughs> like, hey, okay, Red bean in the bread roll. mama, yeah, yeah. For the red envelopes. Hey. Okay. Milk tea with the sago and taro.
0: Balls in the mouth, make her little ham taro. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I might be Chow main, but I go.
1: Oh, uh, but your always call me fan Oh, but I go hard like old rice. <laughs>
0: now the other one's a good one, too. Yeah. I'm counting numbers like Sudoku, sipping lychee-flavored boba soju. Oh, count numbers like Sudoku,
1: sipping lychee-flavored
0: boba soju.
1: Oh, man, this is from Dumplings, I know, but it's been so long since I did the song, I can't
0: remember the next line. All right, I'll pull it out. It's, I'll say the whole thing, because I need to do it justice. You can't have it like that. <laughs> I'm counting numbers like Sudoku, sipping <laughs> lychee-flavored boba soju. Thought I told you, getting tail like I'm Goku.
1: Oh, getting tail like I'm Goku. That's what I said. Yeah, I forgot about that. I thought it was gonna be show you or something like.
0: Uh, like yeah. So. This one should be pretty easy. She's Vietnamese.
1: Uh, mommy Vietnamese. She's sipping VSOP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
0: love it. And our last one is: I got M's on my mind.
1: Like a Majin Vegeta.
0: Bam. <laughs> Lunch all day, dude. I mean,
1: man.
0: that's pretty much, that's it, man. This is the wrap. This is fun. I want, yeah. take stages all the time. You get stages. You're always doing shows and stuff. The stage is yours now, Charles. Let the people know about anything, any drops, where they can find you, um, all that huh. stuff, merch, etc. cetera.
1: Oh, yeah. So definitely this tasty music video, July 24th is going to be probably uh, my best video I've done yet. You know, probably on par with ABG. Like, I'm super excited to show you guys. We filmed this shit last year, but it's, there's been so much work behind the scenes on like logistics and all this other stuff, but it's finally done. Um, and it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun. That's coming out. um, I got a song with uh, Guapdad 4000 coming in August called Ice JJ Fish. And that one's also gonna be a lot of fun. And the album South Bay Summer comes in September. And like, I, the whole vibe of this album is just like, you know, it's pretty upbeat and lighthearted and it's something that you can cruise around and have fun too. Uh, and you know, it, it, it is about a South Bay summer, like particularly probably like last summer, but I think it's something that has like a little flavor for every season. So, you know, you're not limited to listening to it in the summertime. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Those are my new drops coming out soon. Uh, you know, you know, check me out on whatever, man.
0: <laughs> what is it? What's your website? Uh, And then
1: chowmain. Uh I think my Twitter is large chamelaine cuz chamelaine was taken.
0: <laughs> you on TikTok?
1: Uh, I am on TikTok. Oh, man, I mean I got to use TikTok more. My TikTok's also just chow Main.
0: You got You got to use some TikTok and like get some song up there and get fire.
1: Yeah man, I'm on it.
0: good fire, good fire. Alright dude. Well, that's pretty much it. Thanks for joining me, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. As always. Appreciate dude. you. Once this whole Kobe thing's done, I'm coming back down there. We're going to go you cook it up That sounds good. Alright, right, homie. I'm going to lock off now. Peace.